Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Problem, the show that explores the challenges or problems that folks in the cybersecurity world face. Today, we are fortunate to have Oscar Ruiz joining us on the show. Oscar, say hello to our listeners. Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Uh, I'm here in Houston, enjoying, quote unquote, the heat, but I mean, lovely day and awesome day to talk about cybersecurity. Yes, and it is hot. I was actually passing through Houston recently, and uh, I, I can attest, Oscar is correct. It is warm there right now. <laughs> um, so, Oscar, talk to us about uh, security. You know, why are you qualified to talk to our listeners about cybersecurity? Hey, thank you very much, uh, Mike. And uh, why am I qualified to talk about it? So, I work for Accenture, which is a uh, you know, professional service firm uh, in the world, one of the biggest ones and our security practice is pretty broad, right? And I'm part of that group. Uh, I have two main functions. One is I'm the lead for the critical infrastructure and uh, Cyber Fusion Center for Operational Technology in Houston, which, I mean, I'm totally gonna undersell it here. It's the innovation space that we have uh, within Accenture and the OT practice where we bring our clients and, you know, we, we deal with the OT uh, security, operational technology security, um, and, and solve their issues and try to guide them to discovery, design, implementation, and, and services, right? And on the other end, I, um, I am part of the security innovation group overall for OT security uh, for Accenture globally, and I'm supporting the different entities and market units. Uh, at the same time, you know, as uh, all the, the cybersecurity space is evolving, I'm trying to get as many certifications as I can. Um, the main one for OT security is uh, GICSP, right, which is the Industrial Control Systems Professional Cybersecurity. And uh, I mean, this is my day to day engaging with clients, engaging in, uh, internally. And at the same time, you know, supporting leadership and, and all of our different services that we have. Awesome. Well, thank you for that very humble uh, explanation of your background, Oscar. I think you're more than qualified to speak on the show today. And speaking about different topics that you are, you know, you're in on the day-to-day basis, um, operational technology, OT. Let's talk about some problems and some challenges there. Like, What do the listeners need to know about the world of OT? Perfect. So OT, and, and uh, I'm going to use a reference model, which is the Purdue model, right? Um, where, let's imagine, it has five different levels. And, and at the top, you have level four and five, which are basically the internet and enterprise applications. So all those applications that the companies have that help them operate on a day-to-day basis, right? So that's not what I do in terms of cybersecurity. There's a lot of people that do that and definitely better at uh, that than, than I. But in uh, OT, we take care of the other three, 3.5 levels, let's call it that way, where it's where we have all the operational technologies, and we're going to go a little bit into, into this, uh, that okay. are basically, and for most of the companies, their core economic activity, right? So if we're talking about, let's say, a chemical plant, uh, here in mm-hmm. Houston, I mean, all oil and gas is really big, as, as we all know. So that refinery, which is, you know, chemical planning in some way, and, and all the assets, the, the 
process controllers, the valves, the tanks, the pressure uh, containers, all the piping, all of that, it's part of the operational assets, right? So the difference that we can see right now, I mean, it's already happening and, and I call the OT security the old new frontier is because all these environments used to be air gapped, right? So they were not exposed mm -hmm. to the internet or to external networks, right? That is changing. We all know that uh, there's an increase you know, connectivity with a lot of devices, a lot of solutions, and those you know, things, it's, it's, it's real, it's no longer uh, uh, could come, right? So all of these environments and assets are starting to be exposed to potential attacks from cyber threats. And this is not something new, I like attacks in OT environments, it's just that in the past, since these systems were separated from, from a, let's say uh, IT environments, it was really hard to get to them, right? So in a lot of cases, you basically had to have, let's say some spy uh, kind of a person supported by an advanced persistent threat, which was at the same time supported by a state uh, sponsored group, right? Going mm -hmm. into the plan and inserting a piece of malware through a USB, right? So, I mean, we're talking about some, some uh, James Bond kind of thing, but <laughs> yeah. You know, like, but now things are changing. All these environments are, are getting uh, exposed. And uh, something that is really important to, to dimension here, when we're talking about OT technologies, it's not, you know, just the chemical plant. Uh, there's uh, the Critical Infrastructure Security Agency, uh, which is the uh, part of uh, Homeland Security, has the mm -hmm. uh, in different sectors, right? And, and there are, you know, like water, facilities like dams, uh, just commercial facilities that can host uh, events for large crowds, uh, defense, uh, energy, so all the grid lines, uh, financial services. So, I mean, Wall Street, yes, they have a, a huge part of IT security they, they deal with, but let's say OT will deal even with what happens if you lose power in Wall Street, right? That sure. can OT attack. So, the categories are pretty broad, but essentially one, one thing across that you could say about OT technologies is that when they are not there, society will have a huge impact on, uh, on itself, right? I mean, if we don't have water, I mean, that's gonna be catastrophic. We don't have live uh, here in Texas. Uh, one year ago, we experimented that for some days and, and you know- Yeah, it, you did. <laughs> it was terrible. Uh, I mean, that, that was not a tech, that was just uh, <laughs> too much uh, consumption over the, the offer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that, those are the implications. Normally, uh, the, the priorities in the OT environments are, are different than IT, uh, really swiftly and in a broad sense. Uh, IT uh, cares about confidentiality, integrity, and uh, availability of data, right? In OT environments, you actually add an element at the top, which will be safety, right, for society and the environment. And then we're talking about availability because we're talking about the systems that, you know, are, are an economic activity for a lot of companies or just uh, in service of, of society, uh, then integrity and then confidentiality at, at the end, right? So yes, there's some interconnection, interconnection in the their strategies, but at the same time, you really want to 
understand and define a strategy for each. So, so let's talk about some of those different industries. So we went from chemical plants to oil refineries to um, Wall Street losing power, which is a very James Bondian type experience uh, there, you know, when you uh, talk about shutting down the markets to manipulate them by, by use of, you know, a critical infrastructure attack or a power loss. Um, talked about power, you talked about water. Are there, here in the United States, are there certain industries that are more mature in their OT environments? And if so, which ones are they? Definitely. So industrial control systems or OT, right? Uh, it's, it's a technology that it has been around for decades, right? And as we were talking about, they were closed systems. And uh, if we go to the lower levels, you will, we will find uh, sensors and actuators and et cetera, right? But the core unit is the PLC, right? The one that allows you to control your, your process. So for a lot of these facilities, they have been running on PLCs know, for 50 years. And I mean, if it's, the process is working, if they're creating a profit for their business, like don't change it, right? So they have suffered a minimum, minimal updates over the years in some cases, right? Sometimes when you go into this industrial environments, it's not difficult to find a Windows 98, Windows 2000 desktop machine, right? Working and still helping to operate the, the multi-million dollar process, right? Which sounds crazy, but uh, at the same time, some specific industries have had to mature, right, faster than others. So let's go back to the energy sector, right? And specifically talking about utilities, you could say that uh, competition has been uh, a lot and increasing in, in, in the last years since it's something that was uh, probably uh, open to, own, to be owned uh, in recent years, well, decades they have to improve their technologies to gain competitive advantage and capture a, a larger part of the market, right? So if we're talking about utilities, electricity in your house, right? I don't know if anyone remembers, I don't know, 40, 50 years ago, there will be a person that will go down the street kind of taking note of the lectures, right? Yeah, a now, meter reader, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Now everything that's uh, done uh, digitally and remotely, right? So. Because of the recent and gaining competitive advantage, let's say utilities, it's, it's ahead of other industries. They were talking about defense, right? Obviously, there's, there's, there's a decent amount of budget there. And, you know, we're talking about they're, they're also concerned with the cyber warfare. There's a lot of investment there. If we're talking of maybe oil and gas and some uh, chemical sectors where they are barely... Uh, improving and upgrading a lot of this equipment that has been running for several years and, you know, produce a lot of money uh, and there's no real need, right? But uh, I mean, in last year, almost a little bit over one year ago, we had Colonial Pipeline, right? Which is uh, one of these uh, critical infrastructure uh, categories that will fit there. And mm -hmm. now we know, or after running the forensics and the analysis, we understood that it was an attack that stayed in the IT level, right? It was just computer, uh, computers that had a, a ransomware attack, right? Which basically encrypts your files and does not allow you to operate or gain access to those files. And they could be distributed in the dark web. But anyways, now we know 
that the actual reason that they had to shut down was because they did not know or were not sure that the, the threat managed to get into their OT systems, which will be, let's say, the, the control system of the pipeline itself, right? So if they did an mm -hmm. attack where they would override the safety system for pressure or flow or something like this, sure. I mean, an accident could happen, right? So yes, if we're talking about financial banks, uh, utilities, defense, uh, man, uh, manufacturing or high-tech manufacturing, like let's say car, yes, they're, they're ahead, uh, nuclear, uh, also, there's the controls, vertical controls are good, uh, but their attack surface in the same way it's increasing as they, they get connected to the world, right? But if we go into level of maturity, maybe uh, resources, it's natural resources is lagging a little bit behind, but at the same time, mm -hmm. you have a, a lot of companies that are actually, you know, driving a lot of innovation within this group, right? But it's a little bit on a, on a case basis, but yes, this will be the, the answer that we'll get. So Oscar, you're, you are the expert here on OT. That's why we brought you on the show. I, I want to say a statement and then you need to be honest with me and either say, yes, it's accurate or no, it's not accurate and here's why. So I start thinking about, especially like energy, right? Uh, nuclear plants, um, oil refineries. And, and I'm going to focus on, on the oil and gas sector with this question or the statement that I'm looking for you to confirm yes or no to. I think of oil and gas, and I know, you know, you're in Houston, I'm in New Orleans, you know, we're down in the southeastern U.S., a um, lot of refineries down here, a lot of oil production down here. And when I think of re refineries in particular, or an oil and gas environment, the thing that makes me immediately nervous is the number of endpoints there, because I know, talk about like somebody like Shell, right, or BP, um, they have so many, you know, full-time equivalent, you know, shell employees, they've got so many contractors running around there, you know, engineering contractors, um, people like Accenture who have, you know, OT contracts to, to protect, um, you know, pressure valves, like you're talking about, like they can't be accessed and dialed way up to, you know, to create a blowout. Um, it seems like in the oil and gas space that endpoints are a huge part of the attack surface as now everyone has an iPad and an, on a phone and they bring a, you know, a hardened computer to work, like a hard case laptop. And is that an accurate statement that a lot of those endpoints are really expanding the attack surface specifically in the oil and gas space? So in general, it, that's, that's a, you know, a, a big concern, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, to answer the question with a, with a yes or no, yes, endpoint protection is definitely uh, a huge area of opportunity, but at the same time, there's a lot of work being done around it, right? Okay. It's, it's not just this, but it's also uh, all these companies. And again, we can expand and, and there's going to be different levels of maturity within the companies, right? But we want to really expand on the concept of, okay, Yes, we need to deal with uh, endpoint protection, right? So there's going to be a lot of vendors out there, uh, like uh, like VM, right? With Carbon Black, uh, VMware, that can help you with this. And uh, at the same time, your strategy and your policies around identity and access management need to improve, right? So. Also in this uh, industrial, highly industrialized environments, there's a lot of bad practices about access management and, and, and passwords and users, mm -hmm. right? 
It's not yeah. hard. It's not hard to find the admin admin uh, <laughs> kind of combination in an engineering machine. Trust me, it's not right. right. Or admin one two three four five. Right. So it, the company can invest in endpoint protection solutions, but they also need to change all these practices. And of course, you know, there's gonna be some offerings right now that help with the multi-factor authentication, which is something preferable, even over good uh, password practices, right? Because I mean, you're, you're double proofing at least that someone's getting access, right? At the same time, you know, you need to establish some policies uh, around uh, whitelisting of your applications and this goes in line with the firewalls that you manage. Are you using micro-segmentation? Are you using a, you know, a, a virtual or cloud environment or using uh, uh, on-site or you're going to a hybrid model, which would be probably the, the, the biggest canopy, uh, you know, still kind of going in the middle point of uh, in comparison with other uh, technology companies. But, you know, it, it's more around the concept of uh, defense in depth in general. And uh, one standard that I, that I really liked and it helped me understand the, the, the core of security. And, and I mean, because I gotta be honest, I, I'm, I'm right now working in security, but I used to be more around uh, industrial optimization and maintenance and reliability, which, you know, uh, of this kind of environment. So I understand the business. So, but at the same time, yeah. what helped me understand this, it's uh, one uh, of the biggest standards that uh, OT has, which is the uh, uh, NIST. 853, right? Which goes through, let's say, five big different groups. One, you know, mm -hmm. you need to identify, and this, you know, covers uh, inventory management and asset identification, policy definition, you know, governance, uh, with also, you know, connecting with the principle of protect. Okay, how am I going to protect all this? But at the same time, you know, how are you going to monitor? your assets and, and your all your events. And then after that, how are you going to respond in case something happens? And then uh, once you respond, how are you going to recover from a specific cyber event, right? So, I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's a big thing. You, we cannot, you know, just tackle one, one point. And uh, the challenge for companies, and of course, we're all going to have budgetary uh, constraints, but as we are progressing and companies are increasing their attack surface, they're you know, finally starting to realize that this is something that's gonna happen. Big companies get hundreds, thousands of attacks per day or attempts uh, for an attack, right? Mm -hmm. uh, not all of them manage to have a huge impact or most of them stay on the surface, but they're gonna happen, right? So. Yes, uh, trying to deter and prevent all these attacks is important, but at the same time, you know, you need to do the really good exercise on defining your strategy and especially how you can or will respond when something happens. And yeah, right. it's, it's growing. So yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's become abundantly clear um, even before this conversation, it's definitely growing. So we, we always make a commitment on these shows you know, to be, to produce punchy, um, informative and educational episodes. So I, I'm going to ask um, this last clarifying question uh, before we go to wrap up. And that is, what is the maturity 
by let's say geographic region in the, the world of, of OT, like it is North America, you know, hands down ahead of Western Europe, uh, you know, is Asia ahead of all of us? Like, you know, can you just give us like a stack rank list of like who tends to be, you know, by region of the world, who tends to be more mature in their OT um, practices and environments? So one of the good things that, that came out of uh, the colonial pipeline attack, right, was uh, the administration promised to deliver a series of mandates around cybersecurity. Um, there were- That's here in the United States, right? You're talking about that yeah, administration? Yeah, right now in the United States, right? Yeah. The, the Biden administration. Uh, there were some opportunities on these mandates and, and I think the industry helped them understand and know and they, they seek more, more support of uh, other companies, Accenture, right? Which is perfectly fine. So it's a good step towards improving the overall resonance uh, of companies and, and all these uh, critical infrastructure sectors. But before this, est establishing controls, establishing mechanisms was completely optional, right? So on this end, and, and probably um, GDPR, right, in Europe, laid mm -hmm. an initial foundation on, you know, data protection overall, right? So let's say that Right now, if we're talking about the countries in Europe, part of the EU have a little edge on, on this topic, right? Because they're more uh, regulated for some years now. They have a slight edge, right? But at the same time, I mean, the United States has a huge amount of companies and, you know, just the government it's by itself and defense. Uh, are huge entities that can really help lead uh, the evolution of all these mandates, controls, and policies, right? So let's say Europe, EU, United States, uh, <laughs> Asia, you know, it's a bit difficult, especially with China, where, uh, I mean, there, there will be the one of the major players there uh, besides India, but, you know, they're, they're basically defining their own rules and and they are highly <laughs> observant of whatever's happening in their own environment right so mm -hmm. let, let's say that, that that's a little bit of a uh, a question mark mm -hmm. well oscar thank you so much for for joining us today to you know share some of your experience your knowledge about the world of ot with our listeners it's not uncommon for our listeners to actually want to reach out to some of the guests and ask them more questions uh, about whatever topics were covered um, to network, you know, just to, to, just to connect. Is there a good place for listeners to connect with you, Oscar? Perfect. The best way I think is through my LinkedIn. You'll, you'll find me with Oscar Ruiz. Um, and that's probably the, the, the fastest way. Uh, also, my email is just uh, oscar.ruiz at accenture.com. So those, those, those are the main point of contact. Perfect. Well, again, Oscar, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your knowledge. For the listeners, if you have questions, Oscar just gave you his LinkedIn and his work email address with consent to reach out to him. So don't hesitate to reach out, start a conversation, uh, talk about this, this world of OT with him. And to our listeners, 
Thank you for tuning in again to What's the Problem, the show that explores problems that folks in the world of cybersecurity are facing today. Until the next episode. Thank you.